Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today, um, you know him, you love him, Sam Pearson. How are you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, you know you're not going to get out of it every single episode. Yeah. What is your purpose? Yeah. Be a good uh, husband and before too long, be a good father. That's awesome, man. It's yeah. a really good purpose. That yeah. that encompasses a lot of a lot of what we do in daily life is to be a good husband and yeah. a good father. Yeah. Um, that encur- encompasses providing, leading, um, staying somewhat morally grounded. Yeah. Uh, and so that that kind of um, I always ask, what is purpose? Nobody asks me what my purpose is. But <laughs> what is what is your purpose? What is my purpose? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's to be a good husband, a good father, and uh, a good leader to those around me. That's what I try to do. But yeah, um, yeah so. Anyway, let's get into uh, the topic of today. The topic is that we don't have one. Um, we're kind of doing an impromptu episode for uh, Sunday, so I think you and I are just going to kind of talk about our lives, what's going on. Um, it is the Christmas season, and uh, a lot of people start to get really introspective, uh, start thinking about their lives, you know, coming up with resolutions. I don't know if you listen to the episode, No Room for Resolutions. Not um, it's a pretty, it's, it's pretty good. I got the, the concept from Tanner, but um, what... what how did how did the year go? Uh, what did what went well this year? Uh, what are you looking forward to next year? Other other the kid is obvious, yeah, and yeah. I'll let you talk about that. But um, you know, on the personal development side of things, what all went well this year, and what are you looking forward to next year? Um, the main thing that went well this year, I'd say, is probably fitness. Um, I'm still not as dialed in as I'd like to be. Right. But uh, I did start taking it more seriously. Started eating better, um, better habits. You know, more sleep. Uh, I did that Spartan race and it went really well. Right. Um, just this last, I'm on two weeks now of actually like going to the gym before work in the morning. So getting up at four 30, going to the gym, going to work. Yeah. Um, so that's been a good, a big plus. Um, uh, let's see what else this year, you know, got the job at Pantex. So that's been really nice. Yeah. I did. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it, but you, you actually got hired on uh, at CNS. The, uh, yeah. everybody, if, if you're going to be anybody in Amarillo, you have to work there at least once. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least for some period of time. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's a really good job. And especially, I don't know if you found out before or after you found out about the kid, but, um, it was like the same day, the same, same weekend, same weekend. Yeah. I got the um, offer the same weekend. She found out she was pregnant. So I'm sure that gives kind of a lot of, relief yeah relief and security and um that's kind of one of those jobs that uh it's it's and it's obviously your new job so i'm not gonna like no no be be too negative about it but um if your focus is to really raise a family and to make good money doing that and to to provide it's one of those jobs that you just can't hardly beat as far as work-life balance no no as far as work-life balance and for me being i mean i have a degree in welding but essentially to not have a degree and to make that kind of money i mean i really can't beat it anywhere else no you you can't and that's why it kind of sucks because they and i know you're working there so i'm gonna watch what i say but they kind of get a lot of people like that because you you find a lot of people who it's a trap yeah well they they were destined to make forty thousand dollars a year for the rest of their lives yeah and then you know, one application later, they're making $120,000 a year. Right. And they got a lot of people by the nuts out there. And yeah. it was kind of scary during COVID because yeah. a lot of people were very scared to lose their job. Yeah. And, you know, with the current administration that we have in there, they were pushing the vaccine stuff. Yeah. Um, it got pretty scary. And I lost a lot of respect for a lot of the higher management out there. Yeah. Um, but they, they're not people from Amarillo either. Um, like no. the people that were doing that shit yeah. aren't people from Amarillo. And I think what they really learned is that we talk about a, a lot about community here yeah. and um, building a good, strong community. Right. Um, a lot of those, uh, I, I don't really want to call them foreigners, but they are foreigners. They're not, they're not locals. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, they really kind of learned not to fuck with the community. Yeah. Um, you know, and I hate that it's a union out there. Like, yeah, union union's good and or bad. Um, but 
you know, the people in Amarillo, the, the Amarilloans, I don't know what, what you say. Really, it's just Texans. But yeah. um, the Texans, they all stick up for each other. And yeah. um, it's a real strong community out there and, a, yeah. and, a, and a, a really great place to work, honestly. Yeah, it, it really has been. And especially, you know, coming from where I've done with the blue collar stuff, um, mm-hmm. just the safety aspect is kind of nice. Because, like, a lot of people yeah. say that they're safety oriented, but they don't really they care. Don't it. They don't give a shit. It's all about production. But out there when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, safety actually kind of fucking matters. Yeah. I mean, it it does matter a lot. And that is one thing that I appreciate about the, the nuclear energy space in general. Um, and for those that don't know, yeah, we build, we build new, I don't work out there anymore, but I, I'm still a contractor for CNS. They, uh, they build nuclear weapons. It's bombs, um, nuclear bombs, but it's still under the department of energy. Um, and the reason is because, if you give the DOD um, the authority to drop them and to make them, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what we like to call checks and balances. Yeah. Not that it actually works out like that, but, um, and I don't know a whole bunch about the inner workings of the DOE versus the DOD, but uh, the DOE does actually control the, the manufacture of nuclear weapons. You know, all yeah. the other missiles and shit, that's all DOD, um, but the DOE controls the handling of the nuclear waste and the nuclear material and uh, that's one thing i've always appreciated about the doe is the the attention and care for for safety oh absolutely Um, and what's funny is even still all the safety rules that get broken out there (laughs) like um yeah it is kind of funny but yeah um so you're enjoying it to say the least yeah yeah for sure the atmosphere is completely different than what i'm used to yeah. Um, and you know, I think one of the places, one of the, one of the ways that the places can be bad for people, uh, a place like that. And I think that the union has a lot to do with this is just complacency. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you have any kind of thoughts on that of how you're prepared to deal with, um, the incoming, it's like the, I forget what the movie is from, but the incoming, you know, the meme where he's like brace, like the, the, the troops are storming him and he's looking oh, yeah. back and he's like, be ready. I, I yeah. don't know what the actual, um, the quote is for the meme, but do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, the readers might not know, but it's the dude looking back with like the real, uh, the, the, the troops are coming in and he's like brace for impact or whatever. Yeah. Um, but how are you preparing for the incoming wave of, uh, temptation to be complacent? That's going to be rough, man, because in my other jobs, I've always been that guy. I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like I've always cut corners to meet production. So it's going to be, it's going to be hard for me to stick to procedure. So hardcore. Yeah. Um, I will say though, I did get kind of a taste of that when I was working at Cathcart um, yeah. with complacency. Um, and I passed that on to the new guys there because so at Cathcart, we worked on trains and we would pull them off of the wheel sets. Right. And we'd pick them up with a crane, put them on jack stands. So you've got 100,000 pounds over your head. Yeah. Sitting on these jack stands. And I always told the new guys, because they would never want to run the crane. I'd be like, hey, do you want to pick it up? And they're like, nah. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't like, I still didn't like picking the, because our cranes were sketchy. It was just sketchy. You're picking up right. a train on wheels. Um, but I always told the new guys, I was like, it's really scary at first when you start picking them up and then it's not scary and then it gets scary again yeah because you know what can happen yeah so like it was the same thing i didn't want to do it forever and then i started doing it wasn't a big deal and then we had an instance where we almost dropped one yeah we almost had one fucking fall off the jack stands and then i was very careful after that yeah well and and I, I like your your thought where you took that of like complacency of actually doing the work yeah um, i was talking a little bit more about like people get complacent out there because they're making like so much money and the way the union operates that they, oh, yeah. you, you see what I mean? Like yeah, people yeah. do get complacent out there. Yeah. Um, and it's not really a for-profit type thing. Yeah. And so, uh, but let's take it the direction that you're going a little bit more positive of a direction. Do you think that the adherence to a procedure and the, cause the people get complacent in their careers a little bit and what they actually want to do. And they'll fall back on what we call malicious compliance. Yes. Um, I don't know if you've heard that term before, but, uh, and and I laughed too when they talked about that during a orientation because I've done it before. Yeah. Um, at, at Cathcart, we had a procedure to come through where like they told me to do whatever it was. I was like, that's not going to work. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's how you have to do it. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Like you can't yeah. do that. And I'm like, we'll just do it. And I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. And then it fucks up. And then I'm like, yeah, see, I told you so. Yeah. So like, that's the malicious compliance. Like, yeah. Um, well, and people will get complacent because they're instead of, instead of all getting together to try to find a better solution. Right. 
they fall back on malicious compliance to yeah. start trying to place blame. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I was talking about. But how do you think it's going to help you having to adhere to such strict procedures? Because you do have to adhere to those procedures. I oh, mean, absolutely. you don't have to do it in a malicious fashion like what we're talking about. No, no. But do you think it's going to help your life any having um, to hear? It's almost discipline, having to it be is. disciplined enough to actually follow rules and... Um, you know, we caught that a lot in the feed yard industry. Both of us come from that. Yeah. Uh, well, just do whatever the fuck it needs to, yeah. you know, needs whatever to get done. Takes, do yeah. I don't care if the engineer called for four inch square tubing. We're going to throw three inch on it yeah. and it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, do you think you're going to see any benefits from having a lot more structured of a work program out there? Probably so. Um, I don't know. I haven't actually gotten to go down on the line yet, so I can't say for sure. Yeah. Um, it might just be absolutely asinine. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least in that field, it makes sense. And that's the only thing that kind of gives me solace with how over the top they are. Yeah. Is uh, at least there, it makes sense. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people, when you tell them that you do that, they'd be like, oh my God, I can't even imagine living that close to, you know, a bomb facility. I'm like, yeah. I don't think you understand. Like yeah. they're the regulate, like, yeah, things can still go wrong. Right. But even if you do have like a detonation in those bays and cells, yeah. those things are designed. Now you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, if absolutely. you're the dude in there, I oh, mean, yeah. I'm charcoal on the wall. Yeah. You're absolutely fucked. And if, if the fire and the explosion doesn't kill you, then the deluge system will, cause yeah. those motherfuckers will yeah. get after it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the cells are designed to collapse in on themselves to contain, you know, control, um, you know, rad, uh, what do they call that? Like rad plumes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, it's so, so highly regulated and so monitored yeah. that, uh, it's really, it really is a safe place to, to work and live. Yeah. Now it used to not be with beryllium. Um, yeah. and I don't know if they've talked with y'all yeah. about that, but the Ooh, beryllium yeah. cleanup has been rough. Yeah, been kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, That's what shut that one cell down, right? Was it the beryllium? I don't know if I, I don't know. Well, number one, what we can say about that, but yeah, right. uh, I don't know what we can say about that. And yeah. number two, I don't know which specific cell you're talking about. Right. But I do know that they, and this is common knowledge, that they do have beryllium contamination. And that's at every DOE site because people were learning on the fly. Yeah. Um, I mean, this shit is relatively new. They didn't start doing some of this stuff until the 40s. Yeah. So, I mean, literally. So, yeah. Um, but they're taking it very, very seriously. And that's something that we can't appreciate is the, yeah. the, the safety aspect of what they're, yeah. what they're doing out there. Um, but one thing I do want to touch on is we, we both know, um, and again, you may not want to talk about it. not want to get in trouble. I'm kind of disassociated from them now, but well, we for, all know the people that go on and they work out at Pantex and they work the same job for 20 years and they get uber, uber complacent. Yeah. Um, and they become very hard to work with. Um, how are you planning to come combat that and to be a leader inside the organization um, and, and to push for continuous improvement? Hmm. What, what, what is your plan to attack that? Do you have one? Have you thought about it? I haven't really thought about it. Um, yeah, I don't really know. <clears throat> yeah. The, the only thing I'm going to, it's just maybe just to get in there and just ask questions. Yeah. Because, um, you know, when you start asking questions about things, even if they are complacent, Mm-hmm. that kind of reminds them like when they have to tell you why you're doing something a certain way, then maybe they'll actually do it right. Right. Um, or if you ask them to show you, that was yeah. something I would do at Cathcart. to be like, Hey, how do you do this? And then like when they have to show a new guy, they're going to do it the right way. They're not going to. Oh yeah, take absolutely. Shortcuts. Um, do you own leadership strategies and tactics? No. Um, you should definitely look, especially where you're going now. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you, if you implement 25% of that book, right. uh, you'll be now with the union, it's hard to get promoted and stuff out there, but, um, you'll go very, very far. Yeah. Um, I don't, in a place I don't like plan that. to stay in that role forever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and transfer out whenever I can, but it was just a foot in the door. No, and that's what a lot of people do out yeah. there. But even then, even transferring out, I mean, yeah. some of the non-union folks are the most complacent out there. Yeah. Um, and talk about malicious compliance. Holy shit. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the union guys at least have the union to fall back on. Right. Um, the only thing that those non-union guys have to fall back on is the procedure. Yeah. And so malicious compliance is a real oh, real problem out there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all. That's um, the uh, all the non-union people have always just told me with everything, like, yeah, just cover your own ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do this to cover your ass. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's like every presentation they say, like, yeah, just do this, cover your ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> CYA is a yeah. big deal out there. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, man, no, I really like it. And I think that with the qualities that you've, uh, the number one that you started with and that you've developed this year, uh, I think you could really go far out there. And a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, a lot of people become millionaires. A lot of people that were destined to um, retire and die uh, with nothing to their name. Um, 
a lot of people that were set for that outcome have become multimillionaires right working out there right. it, it, it is truly an amazing place yeah. and that's that was a thing for me um i don't know if we talked about it on this episode or the last but for me it's just going to give me more opportunities to do what i want to do yeah that's exactly what it was for me yeah um you know having that on my resume is essential yeah. gave me a lot of uh, a lot of good learning experience yeah um and it does a lot of that for people in the community yeah. i mean it it really is awesome to see because i mean you know we all know people that were destined to you know not do much of anything not build wealth yeah and uh they got out there in that culture and that structured culture it's almost i hesitate to say too much of this but it's almost like what the military does for some uh kids that are like extremely bad kids yeah Uh, giving that ultimate regimented something for the you know it's it's a purpose they're out there to provide for their family and they can lose that opportunity really easily right um it really makes a lot of people straighten up and provides them with a lot of opportunity. Yeah. Um, I really do think it's a great job. Yeah. So, but, uh, anyway, man, I I think that's really cool. Um, I'm super excited for you. When, when I heard you get on there, I was number one, I was a little bit surprised that you even applied. I was too. I was a little bit surprised that you even applied, but I'm I'm super excited for you because you're going to be making a lot of good money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I've always, I always joke that I live my life out of spite. Yeah. Um, And throughout my life, I've always told myself, like, I was like, yeah, like in high school, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to weld. Like, I'm going to go to school and get a desk job because, like, I've worked outside my whole life. Yeah. And then I started going to engineering school. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. So then I went and got a welding degree. And I was like, well, I'm going to weld. And then, like, I'd always tell myself, I'm like, I'm never going to be a mechanic. Yeah. Anytime I've ever worked on cars, it's just fucking pissed me off. Right. So I was like, I'm not never going to be a mechanic. And then I went to Cathcart and I was a welder and mechanic. Right. And then I was, you know, all my life too, I was like, I'm never going to work at Pantex. Like, and then here I am. So it's just, it's just kind of funny. I'm also surprised that I wound up out there. Yeah. Have you, you've seen the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Gimli. Yeah. I feel like you're kind of like Gimli to where (laughs) he does every, like all of these honorable good deeds that he does. Like he is a a really good and honorable character. Right. Um, he's, he's probably my favorite character, Right. but he just does things out of spite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he does things out of hatred (laughs) and, uh, he does a lot of good stuff in that movie, Yeah. but he just does it out of spite to, to prove people wrong. And I I think it's really funny. Yeah. Um, but no, I, like I said, I'm really super excited for you, especially with a kid coming. Yeah. Um, I'm super excited to see where that, goes and again a lot of people retire multi-millionaires out there oh yeah for sure so but what's next in 2023 man what are you what are we gonna do what's what's gonna happen i don't know you don't know not sure are you gonna get into hunting yeah you've got a lot more fucking free time now that is true um i expect you to pick that bow up and uh yeah put it in an animal sometime yeah. soon yeah so, um that'll be cool i know you and i were talking about possibly doing a misogi yes and it's kind of funny we actually almost thought of the exact same thing yeah, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so Sam and I, and if you heard it uh, in the last episode, uh, the the Purpose Book Club. Some of y'all aren't doing the Purpose Book Club, so you may not have heard it. But uh, we're thinking about hiking a large amount of trails in Paladuro um, in one day as kind of a masogi to see if we can do it. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, it's gonna, it's definitely going to be a masogi. Uh, yeah, it'll be a masogi for you and me both. I think. Yeah, um, for sure. I'm hoping that obviously you're the you're the king of hiking. Um, <laughs> you're you're the best hiker out of anybody I know. Yeah. Um, I think it'll. I, I will think it'll push you to prepare a little bit more for your hikes. Maybe so. Um, I think it will push you to be because you're so good at it yeah. that you're not always super mindful about what's going to happen on the hike. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I say this from love, but oh yeah. Um, you're super you're super good at it so i think this will force you to kind of prepare a little bit more and uh put a whole lot of thought into what we're what we're about to go do yeah so, for sure um all right and i think we're, we've decided we're going to do a big loop it, what did we say it was about it's about 14 14 miles and i've um, noticed that they're very uh conservative with their distances yeah yeah that's maps. what i said uh, <clears throat> so that 13.6 it's probably gonna be closer to 15 if not 16 yeah miles. i think it probably is gonna be 16 yeah. because that lighthouse trail being only 2.8 and the it's upper comanche true. being 3.3 yeah that's not fucked even, not even close that's fucked i would i would go that that comanche is probably closer to uh to, to probably five miles yeah. at least yeah because uh, I've, I've done the lighthouse just by itself and i've wound up with close to seven miles yeah 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 so yeah um so but we're gonna go do that i think we're gonna shoot for like an october time frame next year yeah that'll give me a little bit you know enough time to 
to get get around and be able to do it and it's not going to be just balls ass hot um yeah and i know what you're saying is go get uncomfortable well if you do that in in yeah. in august you're talking it's death just unsafe heat. yeah yeah uh, literally death heat um yeah. people die out there uh, almost every year oh, i mean yeah. i think they have like a death almost multiple. every year yeah multiple yeah. um because they don't take enough water now we're not going to do that and i think we could do it but um it's one of the rules of a masogi is that you can't die yeah and trying to hike 14 miles out there in the 100 20 degree heat not a fun time yeah not not gonna be very smart no so i think we're gonna wait until about october to do that um it's gonna be exciting man uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna put a lot of my training and effort around uh doing that yeah um it'll be it'll be really cool so what's the next book that you're gonna read probably that one that you got me um outdoor kids in an inside world yeah yeah. That's a good one, man. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I was debating outdoor kids in an inside world and uh, the boy crisis. I, I figured know. that's. I figured you were going to give me the boy crisis. I, I, I think I still probably am when you actually have the kid. I'll yeah. probably get you the boy crisis. Yeah. Uh, this kind of shitty. They didn't have it in stock ah. uh, at Barnes and Noble, and I really just wanted to get all of my list checked off that day. Right. And outdoor kids in an inside world is is still a really good book. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed reading it, and it was kind of funny. We were sitting, and you were like, "Did you think I would have any problem getting yeah. my kids outside?" Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what it's about yet, but I just laughed. I was like, he knows better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't saying that you no, wouldn't be good. No, but it, I, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. What I what I got from it was uh, a lot of different ideas, like starting a garden and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the mentality around it, um, I thought right. it was it, it was just a really good read. Yeah. And uh, just kind of some of the stories. And if nothing else, it, it kind of helped reinforce what I thought. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of the comfort crisis, but for kids. Yeah. Uh, and I know you haven't read it yet, and I, I don't want to spoil that. it too much. No, but I can see that, it's kind of like how do you how do you modify the comfort crisis for kids? Yeah, um, and get them with the outdoors specifically. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty good, and like I said, it reinforced my ideas of what I thought. It, it's it's a prominent person writing a book saying, "Hey, it's okay to be this way." Yeah, um, was what it what it, what it kind of did for me, and so I'm hoping it does that for you. Yeah. Um, but so outdoor kids in the inside world. What else are you gonna read? Else. You don't have it planned out that far? No, not really. I've been kind of working through uh, meditations. Oh, okay, yeah. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Uh, I've been working through that, but that's not something you just sit and read. Is it worth a damn? Is it worth the time? It's pretty good. Is it? Um, it's got a lot of, it's almost just like a bunch of sayings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's meditation. So, it's kind of you just read like a paragraph and then you just kind of sit with it for a minute. Yeah. Um, it seems like it's kind of the daily stoic um, in a way. Don't they pull a lot of that from... Maybe. Meditations? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, don't know. It, I, don't know. I, I may pull out meditations and start reading it, but um, I, I didn't know if it was worth a damn or not. It's so. been decent so far. Really? Um, I think one thing that you probably would like, and I'm going to fucking completely blank on the on the name, but it's like, uh, oh, I know what I'm thinking. It's a book, and it's got like a bunch of historical context, like short stories about like how to be a leader. Um, have you seen it? It's, it's orange, and it's got a blue cover. Um, oh, I wish we had a, a young Jamie like Joe Rogan to pull this up. Um, <laughs> uh, let, let me, I'm going to go ahead and Google it real quick. I've got a, um, because I, I think it's one that I want to read soon. I'm going to do leadership. Uh, Sam, tell a joke while I'm looking this up. Um, let's see. <laughs> leadership books. Let's just go see if I can find it. Um, seven habits of highly effective. No. Let's see. Good to great. No, that's one I just bought cast in. Uh, oh, The 48 Laws of Power. That's what it is. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. So, The 48 Laws of Power is a nonfiction book by Robert Greene. The book is a New York Times seller. That didn't tell me anything about the book. Because um, I think I want to read this. Um, oh, it's popular with prison inmates and celebrities. Hmm. So, okay. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe we don't want to read that. <laughs> I feel like that's the middle section of a Venn diagram somewhere. Yeah, yeah, prison inmates and celebrities. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good one. Um, <laughs> most Me Too cases. Let's see. Uh, it's not giving me just like a short summary of the uh, the book. But anyway, I think what it is is he takes back, he looks at all like the powerful people in the world um, and generates these laws of um, what it takes to create power and influence. Makes sense. Um, the 48 laws of power. That's that's what it was described to me and I think I'm, I want to read it and pick it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, like law two is never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. 
Um, never outshine the master. Conceal your interiors. Law four is always say less. Um, I, I think I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, and maybe so, so maybe we should pick that up and read it together yeah. um, at some point. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm super looking forward to 2023. I, I think I don't know, like it seems like we've kind of been on the same track since 2020. Our, our just, I mean, even before then, we've just been skyrocketing in, oh, yeah. in the amount of positive things that have had happen to us. Um, it kind of makes me nervous for the next bad thing that's going to happen. But we've both been on this super <laughs> upward trend, and I think yeah. it has to do with. Um, I think it has to do with both of us. Number one, finding and fulfilling a purpose. Yeah. Uh, number two. Um, just making positive changes in our lives for oh, yeah. for the better and yeah. you know positive has really come out of that yeah just a shift in mindset yeah a shift in mindset and we both kind of found each other at, at, the, at same the same time, time yeah. yeah um that sounded kind of awkward but <laughs> um no we we kind of we met each other um when we were both at a similar place in life and we've both kind of shot up uh yeah. in in success and and um just the amount of what am I saying? Growth. Yeah. Um, our growth has both shot up since we met each other. Yeah. And uh, dude, it's been it's been an awesome couple of years. Yeah. So, um, what are your plans for Christmas? Do you have anything going on for Christmas? Um, no, nothing too big. Um, we'll do. We'll open some stuff. We'll hang out with her parents in the morning, and then with uh, my family in the afternoon. Nothing yeah. major. Yeah. That's cool. Just chilling. Yeah. Um, a little bit of downtime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, how's McKinley liking her new job? Is she, is it is it going pretty well? Pretty um, good. She likes it. It's definitely a lot easier, a lot less traumatic than the labor and delivery units. So. Yeah, she used to be a labor and delivery nurse. That was pretty rough. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit more about what now that you've had a kid. Um, let's get some content, and I know we're shooting the shit right now, but uh, let's get some content for the listener. Now that you've had a kid, how has your mindset kind of changed, especially with your marriage? Um, what changes have been made? What perspective shifts have been going on? Um, just just kind of give me a little bit of insight of almost what to expect when you find out that your wife is pregnant. Um, you've both had two major job changes uh, recently. Yeah. She's uh, you know going to pop out a kid in, what is it, May? Yeah. I'm um, going to pop out a kid in May. Give us a little bit of insight into the, the shift in your relationship uh, in this past year and maybe some things that you've you've been able to glean from from the events of 2022 and uh, what you're what you're trying to move forward in the leadership of your marriage going into 2023. Um, you know, mostly it's just being mindful and how to lead by example. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so it's just one of those things like going forward, like I want to make sure to do this to set an example. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to put it. Let's let's talk about the uh, you know, the marriage. Um, did it change anything within your marriage? Did you get tighter with McKinley? Um, have there been? And you don't have to talk about your marriage problems on the on the podcast, but have there been any struggles? What have you had to work through? Um, what have you learned specifically in your marriage? Um, I don't feel like there's been that much of a shift. Okay, but I feel like me and McKinley are also a lot closer than a lot of people. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Cause we were kind of already like each other's, we're already kind of best friends. So it's, yeah, I don't know. But are are you just saying that you, there wasn't much room to grow closer? Yeah. Is that that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I see it more in public, um, that y'all are, Maybe so. Growing a little bit, you know, closer in public, and y'all have never been the most affectionate. Like oh, no. PDA has never been, no, not at all. never been y'all's thing. But I see y'all in a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a unit lately. Yeah, um, yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, I, I think it kind of solidified a little bit of of y'all being a a unit yeah um maybe instead of you know a lot of people have this vision of marriage that it's two individuals uh coming together uh two individuals living individual lives together right um and i don't know if you and mckinley kind of had that beforehand um but maybe if if it is a spectrum maybe you shifted just a little bit more to the we are one yeah um yeah mindset and i I don't want to like inject No, no no like I don't want to impose my opinions on on you, but would you agree that that's yeah. kind of that yeah? Happened? No, I can see that. Um, so, but man, it, yeah, it's been awesome, and uh, you know, you, you're gonna have a son. How does that feel? How does that feel having a son? I know you you kind of wanted a girl. I, I kind of um, did. Not not that you didn't want a son. No, but when I no, asked I'm you, happy either way, but uh, when <laughs> yeah, when I asked you, you wanted a, a girl a little bit more. What are you? 
now knowing that you have a son, how are you preparing for that? What are you looking forward to? What are you not looking forward to? Um, give me a little bit of insight on that. It's, it's just scary, honestly, because you, the world's a lot easier for girls. It's a lot nicer to girls. Yeah. They have a lot more to fall back on mm-hmm. and they have a lot more help available to them. Mm-hmm. So now having a son, it's just that much harder because I have to live more by example and I have to teach him how to be self-sufficient and how to do all these things on his own because yeah. he's not going to have that help. Yeah. A lot of people are going to be upset with you. Yeah, <laughs> not, not that a lot of people listen to this, but yeah. a lot of people would be upset with that take. I don't think it's wrong either. It, um, and if you disagree, uh, I know I've got some women that listen to this podcast yeah. um, and that probably wouldn't like you know what he's saying here. Go read The Boy Crisis. Yeah. Um, I think women and men have their own separate set of struggles. Oh, for sure. Um, but what he's saying, that support structure doesn't really exist for men. And no. that's that's part of being a man. It is. And I can imagine that it's scary trying to equip somebody to handle yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally, your son is always going to have a support structure because oh, of you absolutely. and McKinley right, and right. things like that. But that's what you have to set up for him. And yeah. you know that um, it's a whole lot harder for... Uh, a man that is alone in the world to build a community around him than what it is for a woman, I think. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what you're getting right. getting at. Is right. that correct? Yeah. Just trying to teach how to teach him how to be self-sufficient and to uphold his morals in, yeah. in today's world. Yeah. And I think that's, it's important for a girl to learn how to be self-sufficient too. Yeah. Um, it's important to teach them those aspects, but I do agree that, um, you know, a man don't really, we don't really have a choice. No. And that's, um, yeah, that's the thing is just, and I don't think I want a choice either. No. And it's just one of those things we talked about on one of the other ones when it's just one of those kind of, well, you gotta, yeah. you do it cause you have to. And it's just, how do you teach that to somebody? Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm reading the boy crisis and, uh, slowly it's, it's kind of a hard book to get through, yeah. um, to just sit down and grind, but not that it's not a good book. It's just a textbook. Yeah. And so, uh, one of the things he talks about is that, um, a lot of the reason that men are having so many issues and like the majority of men suffer, like uh, men suffer from depression, like real actual depression, uh, probably a lot more than women. Um, suicide rates among men are a lot higher. Um, and the reason is because a lot of a lot of guys are having their purpose removed. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a purpose crisis in uh, yeah. the United States today uh, amongst men, and a lot of it is is it's a it's a good thing. We just need to teach men how to cope with it because yeah. a lot of it is is had to do with the the higher success of women lately. Um, a lot of guys that feel like they have a, a lot a lack of purpose is because um, their woman you know provides for them uh, more than what they do, and they're also not allowed to be homemakers. Yeah. And again, if you have any, if you disagree with me, number one, come on the podcast and we'll talk about it. Right. Uh, but read the boy crisis first because there's actual data to back this. And I didn't know we were going to get into this. We didn't sit down with an agenda, so I, I don't have the data in front of me. Right. Um, um, but, uh, you know, now that women are making more and more money than what they ever have, um, they also tend to dominate uh, the home space for how do we raise kids? Right. Um, how do we how do we be homemakers? And they don't respect a lot of times if they're making that level of, of money to where they're providing. If the woman is the main provider, they don't always respect um, the man uh, the way they would if he was if he was providing. They don't they don't have the same sort of respect as uh, the man who's going to build a home and raise the kids. Yeah, um, it's it's very very prominent, and that's where a lot of guys um, lose that purpose. And so how how do you how do you think? I know it's hard to have all the answers, but how do you think you're going to prepare your son for that? Because he may very well end up with a woman that um, is the main provider. What are, what are you going to do there? I don't know, man. I really don't. You don't know. Uh-uh. Um, what what do you what do you think is the? I mean, and again, the boy crisis talks about this. It, it gives answers, um, but I think it's going to be really hard. And I think the main thing is just to teach him. Uh, number one, I think we need to not put an emphasis on earning. Put an emphasis on providing, but not necessarily earning money. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what the boy crisis talks about yeah. uh, is that, yeah, you need to provide for your family, yeah. but you're, you're the way you provide and the meaning to your family isn't always wrapped up in the salary that you bring home. No, absolutely not. It's one of those have your, your needs need to be met. Obviously there's a baseline, Yeah. but other than that, you know, it's filling your purpose more than your bank account. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I yeah, I get what you fulfilled that that purpose more than the bank account. I like yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. Maybe we can find a more elegant way to say that yeah. and, and uh, slap it on a slap it on an Instagram post. Yeah, um, with a real fancy kind of quote background. Maybe yeah. we should maybe some we should, shitty t-shirts. Yeah, some shitty t-shirts. Yeah, I, <laughs> dude, I would love to make I would love to make uh, tens of dollars off of some shitty t-shirts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you, and I think it is a, a big struggle amongst men today to where we teach them that your worth is wrapped up in the amount of dollars that you make oh, yeah. and uh, we teach I think we teach women that too oh absolutely um, and I think that's part of the problem is that we teach women uh, the worth of a man is wrapped up in the amount of money that he brings home yeah. and that way when when they don't bring home that amount of money they're yeah. not respected in the home yeah. by the woman that they're with yeah um, or they go after one that does and then they don't respect him as a person yeah um, yeah he, he fails at home yeah um, so I, I think it's going to be essential to hopefully one day I'd like to have a son um, to just teach them that, hey, look, your worth is not wrapped up in the amount of money that you make. Yeah, it's it's wrapped up in how you provide for your family, how you love your wife. Um, and again, providing for the family doesn't mean the money that you make. Yeah. It means meeting their needs Absolutely. and making them prosper, not, you know shooting for the highest salary. Right. Um, and then, you know, if we end up with girls just telling them like, look, you know, the value of your man is what he does with the family. Yeah. And maybe that's making a hundred thousand dollars a year, but that's not all that matters. If he's making a hundred thousand dollars a year and he's not connected with you or the kids or anything right. like that, then, you know, that doesn't matter. It, it, what the money doesn't matter if he's not taking care of things at home. Absolutely. So, um, that's cool, man. I, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when we've got one. Yeah, <clears throat> is it is it surreal? It is. Yeah, it still hasn't clicked yet. Still hasn't. No. Um, I know this isn't probably the same thing, but even like my house, like yeah. it doesn't register as my it's, house. It's the same. Yeah. I still feel like I'm renting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it sets in um, once the kid is born, and it will. Super, super excited for y'all. Um, so what is what has some of the family dynamics been? Has, has it been hard to be? I know y'all are already pretty sovereign anyway, but you hear about a lot of uh, family intrusion once we find out that we're having kids and things like yeah, that. It has been kind of weird. They're a lot more involved now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, where was this one? Yeah, it, it really is like, yeah. Uh, actually, one of my aunts has been talking to McKinley a lot now, and she's like, I don't even have her number saved, and now she's hitting me up on Facebook all yeah. the time. Like, well, and it, it is good that... Uh, it is good that they want to support. Yeah. Yeah. But like he said, it's just it's just weird dealing yeah. with that. It's like we haven't talked in like two years and now you're yeah. coming out of nowhere. Um well and you know, do you think you're gonna struggle any to find sovereignty in the way that you want to raise your kid? I don't think so. You don't think so? You think no. the the parents and grandparents and stuff are gonna uh like your parents are gonna let you raise the kid the way that you think yeah. it ought to be raised, not yeah. give you too much of a fuss? Yeah, I think so. The uh I think the hardest struggle we're gonna face is uh, keeping our parents from spoiling the kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know that you can keep them too much from that. No, and I mean, I'll let them a little bit, but they go, I feel like they go overboard with my niece and nephew, and it's my parents. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm, want them to do that. I'm, I'm going to offer a little bit of a different perspective. I think that you, you, should, you should let them do that. To a certain extent. I would rather them, for, for example, like I would rather them be there for them and like let them have the kids have sleepovers and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like the way my mom spoils my niece and nephews, like she'll show up for Christmas. Yeah. And they have to take the seats out of the Yukon and it's stacked floor to ceiling with just shit. Oh, yeah, gifts. Yeah. And it's like, but you wouldn't go watch their baseball game, but you're going to show up with a Yukon full of presents. You know, like. Yeah. No, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. And I, I do agree. I completely agree with you. Um, yeah. yeah, maybe maybe push the time over over the monetary stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, spoil them with your time. Like yeah. take them to take them to things, and and that's something that you can do to influence. Like for Christmas, hey, uh, instead of buying a bunch of gifts, why don't you send us to Disney World or Disneyland, or right. you know, send us to Six Flags, or right. pay for us to go to a trip in the mountains or something like that. Yeah, maybe that's some way that you can influence. Still let them spoil them. And, yeah, and give them but experiences versus materials. Absolutely. Yeah, that's cool, man. Cool. Well, I think we've hit uh, pretty much everything. We're sitting at about 38 minutes. Um, so this is going to come out on Christmas. Uh, one thing that I do want to remind y'all, I'm not super religious. Um, I am a Christian, and I know Chris, Christmas has a, a really big, impactful meaning for a lot of people. It is the birth of Jesus. So, um, 
try to just be mindful of why you're celebrating and the people around you and understand that it's not just about gifts and eating. And I know this is the cliche that everybody says that, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, for me, I'm going to be uh, kind of reflecting on that and trying to find a little bit of deeper meaning uh, in in my Christianity to see um, what I can really glean from the season of Christmas. And uh, basically, what am I trying to say? Um Make sure you're not going through it mindlessly. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't have much to offer you as far as why Jesus is the reason for the season. I don't really know much about that. And I'm trying to learn more, but um, just just make sure that you're soaking up all of the things uh, around you this Christmas and looking deeper into why we celebrate the way that we do. And uh, you know, if what what am I what am I trying to say, Sam? I don't know. Just be uh, appreciative, I guess. Yeah, be be appreciative <laughs> and uh, understand why you're celebrating, and don't just don't just let it pass by. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the time with family. Yeah. Um, and enjoy all the things that we get to do. Be grateful that you're an American. Um, yeah. Because this season, uh, this season, you know, we're going about to go through a really big cold spell, and it's going to be bad for a lot of people. But winter really hits people pretty damn hard that aren't from i mean it hits people from this country um really hard already but just be happy and be grateful that you're an american and that we have the luxuries that we do um because the cold kills a lot of people in other countries yeah um it really does and i know that's kind of weird to talk about on a christmas podcast but um just use the season to be grateful yeah and uh like i said if you're religious um understand why we celebrate it and uh know that the holiday really does have a purpose so um try to find that purpose try to find your purpose when that holiday Uh, Be mindful and have a Merry Christmas. Um, So thanks, everybody. I really appreciate all your support. Uh, We didn't do a full year of podcasting, but this is kind of a big milestone to to go from 2022 into 2023. Um, I want to hear all of your recommendations. Um, Please interact with me. Let me know what you're doing. Um, I hate to like ask people to like and share the podcast. I feel like it's it's kind of gimmicky, but (laughs) if you agree with what we're doing here, that's really the best way that you can help is to go like. Um, I don't care if you have 30 followers or um, whatever. Go share um, the podcast if you if you agree with our mission and you want to try to help. Um, that that's really the best thing that you can do is to share it, get the word out. We are actually getting some traction. And one thing I do want to share is that we didn't talk about much about what I had going on in, in 2022 and what's next in 2023, but um, DL and she works with some of those kids that are the less fortunate kids. Yeah. Um, and it, it made me really, really happy because they she had a kid come in and somehow, I, I, I don't know how, he had already listened to the podcast before really? he ever met DL. That's cool. Yeah, it, dude, it was, it was super cool. And so just know that it's reaching the right people. That's good. And I'm not saying... It, it's not for me. Um, the kid, I mean, the kid loves me. He thinks I'm super cool, which is, is nice to know that somebody views me as a role model. Yeah. Um, but I'm just glad that he's getting to hear some of our guests like Nick Shelton, you, yeah. um, Jonah. No, that's really, that's really cool actually. That yeah, dude, it, it, it makes you giddy. Doesn't yeah, it? He's it listened, does. he's listened to you. Um, yeah, he thinks that you're, you're awesome. So, that's funny. um, it's just, and the exact right kid that needs to hear it. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? Awesome. Like, kid just came into a children's shelter. Yeah. Um, if anybody needs some fucking help uh, yeah. finding a purpose and and rallying around that and salvaging um, a good life from a bad one, yeah, it's it's those kids. And yeah. so, please just do what you can to get it out. Um, yeah, I I couldn't believe it. I was absolutely astounded. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, I know. And Sam's got a big old grin on yeah. his face. I do too. Um, <laughs> You know, it's 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 reaching the right people, yeah. and uh, I, I just couldn't. I was like, "How did he hear it?" And they couldn't. I mean, it was as far enough removed that he couldn't even trace it back to like how he had heard it. Because um, I figured for sure he had like known Chase Christie or you know some one of the local guys that I had on here. Yeah. And no, I mean it. It truly came like through the grapevine. Yeah. And uh, the algorithm. Uh, yeah, the algorithm, I guess. And I mean, sure, I'm sure it did come from somebody that's close to me, Maybe. knowing other people, but um, and just getting it, passing it through. But they had actually heard about it, and I, I was just. That's wild. Yeah, it's so awesome. And I'm, I'm actually going to go get to meet him on Sunday. Sunday That's morning, cool. um, we're going to go and we've got some gifts for... Uh, he's not going to hear... I was worried about it because we're going to go surprise him, but the episode's coming out on Sunday anyway. Yeah. Um, we're going to go and I'm going to cook breakfast for the kids and yeah. we each got them like a Barnes & Noble gift. Um, and so uh, there's like six kids there yeah. and uh, it's, it's going to be... It, it, it's just awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm how, so... How old is that kid just out of curiosity? So uh, I don't know... Well, I mean, just roughly. He's between 15 and 17. Okay. Well, I was, um, I was just curious if it, 
if it is the algorithm i was just curious how old this kid was like that it's reaching yeah uh 16 okay. so um i don't i'm not gonna say too much more than that but yeah no, that's um, he's he's in his teens and so 16 um it was just dude it was so cool yeah i mean no, it, yeah it is cool because that's what i was just trying to wrap my head around like the age of people that are hearing that, that this is coming across to you exactly who i wanted it to yeah because that's what because that kind of helps me think about like what i would want to have known when i was that age yeah exactly so it kind of helps me tailor that that's the only reason i'm yeah, and, and I want to try to figure out how to kind of market this stuff a little bit better to make sure that we are hitting the... I don't, do I just have to say, like, bussing a, a bunch of times? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> shit bussing for real, for real. You yeah, know what I mean? Real, like, yeah. straight slaps, fire. Like, yeah, what, no, what do I have to do to get yeah, reach the no younger cap. generation? Yeah, yeah, no cap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got to do the, you know, the perm hair with, like, the one cross oh, earring. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 that's what I need to do. Yeah. Um, but no, like... I'm just super glad that it found somebody yeah, no, that's awesome. um, that age and uh, you know, it, it, we could do so much good with this. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and good on him too for, to be in whatever situation oh, yeah. he's in and trying to do better yeah. and coming across a podcast like this. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Well, and it's so wild. You know, I already had my little brother, but um, my little brother's got a, I mean, you have a big brother that's doing something decent. Right. You've got a, um, look up to them in a certain way. And yeah. I'm not saying that my little brother has an obligation to look up to me, but right. that's going to happen. Nobody's yeah. surprised by that. Yeah. But when I heard like when he's telling DL and like, I really admire your husband. That's, that's just so that's cool. Awesome, man. Yeah, dude. It's so like in the good that we can do with this, yeah. if we really spread it. And, uh, if y'all, if y'all help me out, um, the good that we can do with this. And, and I don't know that anybody, the only person that is, is really trying to do this stuff that, I mean, you've got Jocko, Jocko helps a lot, but, um, he's really centered around discipline and leadership and military. Um, the only people that's really trying to specifically reach out to men without a purpose, um, is really us. I mean, you've got order of man. Um, have you listened to order of man? I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it. And and you've got your Norse mentality. Um, it does the same thing. Uh, it's a little bit more niche. Um, these are all great things, but I think we could really, really feel a gap yeah. um, of helping people find their purpose and then steer them towards these other, you know, I'm steering him towards Jocko. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's super excited. He asked for Christmas extreme ownership um, or he actually, he asked DL in for book recommendations for me. Yeah. And so, um, that's cool. yeah, got extreme ownership is what he asked for. And I bought him. We're hoping that he gets that from the shelter cause they get like gifts from the shelter. Yeah. So we're hoping that he gets extreme ownership and then I bought him discipline equals freedom. Um, the other day. And again, this is going to drop after he's already going to have opened it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, ah, dude, I, I, well, and for him too, like, it's going to be cool. He's going to get to hear himself talked about on the podcast. Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be so excited and I can't say his name. Yeah. Um, No, that's fine. I don't expect you to, um, but it's just, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Like I said, I'm just giddy and I know we're, we're beating a dead horse, but I I just really want to push, push the idea that what we're doing can really impact a lot of lives and you know up and down the spectrum too you know i've had 40 year olds that listen to this and they really like the insight that we're giving from a younger younger perspective yeah um but especially these younger kids um it helps and what they like hearing is that you know they like hearing i guess the vulnerability of what you and i and other guests have talked about you know bret hart um to think of one that's specifically you know pretty vulnerable um and, and honest with what we're feeling. Yeah. Uh, these guys feel that and these young men. And so, yeah, well, cause it gives you a platform to be because when you're out in the world, you're not really allowed to be, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't be when you're out there being a man, but like, right. This gives you a place to be. Yeah. And, and to understand that everybody's going through it. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this, this, what we're doing here is not an extremely novel idea. You know, order of man does it, does it pretty well, but they, they explore it through like sincerely that how do you be the most masculine right. you know, possible? And they, they pull a lot of different angles off of that and they have a great podcast. But, um, I really do think that, um, the way to really get to these kids, uh, that are, you know, destined for, um, how do you, how do you, how do you say this? These kids that are not on a good track, they're not going in a great direction. They're just kind of lost. Yeah. Is to preach to them, not preach to them, but to, to offer them a perspective of a lack of purpose. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's what a lot of them feel. They don't feel purpose and they don't feel appreciated. Yeah. And uh, you know, and that goes back to the men thing that, um, you know, women, I I think it's important for women to feel needed. Yeah. uh, But, 
it's so much, I feel like it's so much harder on a man. Oh yeah. Um, to, to not feel like anybody needs you whatsoever. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you don't have anybody counting, like why would you go to work if nobody's counting on you? Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, you just, yeah. Um, and I know, I know it's hard for women too. And again, this is why I don't speak for women is because I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. Um, I have a general idea, um, but I I can't speak for the specifics of what women are actually going through. Um, but I know as a man, when I feel like I'm not needed, it's just awful. You know what I mean? And that's what these kids feel like every day is that they're not needed. Nobody needs them in their life. Um, and I think we're, we're trying to provide them with a purpose, with, you know, the sense that somebody does need them. And, you know, in that case, it may be themselves that, you know, how do I put, how do I say this without sounding super silly that they need themselves to show up and to, um, like if, if, if nobody else in their life needs them to start doing the right things and, uh, and, and living their life right, they need to do it themselves. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because at um, the end of the day, you always have to be able to fall back on yourself. Yeah. So. And, and Drew talked about it is getting these kids to realize that uh, temporary, like these are temporary problems. Yeah. yeah and it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be like this forever. <laughs> and I think helping kids understand that they do have a higher purpose beyond um, yeah. what they're experiencing in high school right now. Yeah. Um, um, delayed gratification is what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You listened to that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah delayed gratification. And I, I think it just. I think that's part of it, but just, you know, helping these kids understand that, hey, look, if you do the right things, you can have a purpose. Like, you can can go and help people. You can have a wife and kids. And letting them hear that responsibility. A lot of these kids shy away from responsibility. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know why, but I think when they hear us talking about how awesome it is to have that responsibility and to have that purpose, uh, maybe gives them a little bit of hope that, you know, responsibility is not all that bad. It's not because today... Going back to we seek comfort so much and everything else, we try to take the easier out. Mm-hmm. Today, people kind of view responsibility as a liability. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> so that's why they shy away from it. Yeah, because they don't want to be held responsible for it. No, I man, I I uh, I think we've yeah, I, it's it's been awesome. I, I just can't, and I'm gonna keep going. Like, just don't stop. Just keep going. Don't yeah. stop. Yeah. Keep putting out content. And again, the more help that y'all guys give me sharing it and, uh, and spreading the word, the more, the more good that we're going to do. So anyway, I'm going to wrap this up, quit rambling. We're at 51 minutes. Uh, really appreciate it. Y'all have a good Christmas, have a good new year, uh, going to January with power, going to January, um, knowing that it's going to be a year of success, not a month of success. Um, remember no room for resolutions. We're not making big sweeping rev- rev- uh, resolutions. Solutions. If you're going to start something on January 1st, start it on uh, December 22nd. Yeah. Um, no room for resolutions. Go into the year powerful and uh, make sure that you're you're truly trying to find and, and fulfill your purpose uh, throughout the year. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And we'll holler at y'all later.